It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. Well, hi, Ryan. I've been waiting for this day for quite some time. I am so excited. We have a very special guest in the house today, Dr. Jack Cashers here. And he is a professor emeritus of physics and astronomy at the UNO, good old University of Nebraska at Omaha. He was a Peter Kiewit Distinguished Professor from 1981 to 87. He is also the state director for 25 years of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, an international organization de- dedicated to the scientific study of UFOs. You're List, it goes on and on of all these amazing things that you've done, Dr. Kasher. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to get started. Well, let's just get right to it. So one of the reasons I asked you in is because I believe in UFOs, and I feel like after reading some of your papers that you do as well. So is it fair to say that? Due to scientific evidence, UFOs are real. Well, I'll make this statement right at the beginning because it'll be very clear where I stand. First of all, UFOs are real. Uh, They are visiting our planet from other planets or other systems of some kind. They are real. They are here. Mm -hmm. Another thing that will be very obvious as we go through today, the government is very, very deeply involved in interacting with UFOs and has been studying and interacting with UFOs and uh, the extraterrestrials for decades. Uh-huh. And we'll go into a lot of that as okay. we go along. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, tell us some of the science and why that. Why do you think and why do they exist? One, uh, one example I usually give when I give us astronomy talks uh, uh, is I want everybody to remember a number, but I have to build it up so that you'll remember this number. Okay. Uh, first of all, because of some some experiments and data that NASA has gathered. Astronomers have made some calculations that there are probably about 8 billion planets like the Earth in our Milky Way galaxy. Whoa. That's not 8 billion planets. That's 8 billion planets like the Earth ah. in our Milky Way galaxy, which if you look at it from the side, it's like a pancake with a bulge in the middle. And if you look down from the top, it's a beautiful spiral shape. But eight billion, a billion is one followed by nine zeros. Eight billion planets like the Earth in our galaxy. Astronomers think that there are probably, this is probably a very conservative number, about 100 billion separate galaxies oh my. in the universe. Wow. 100 billion is one followed by 11 zeros. Wow, okay. So if there are eight billion planets like the Earth mm-hmm. in our galaxy, and if there are 100 billion different galaxies, multiply those two numbers together. And this is the number I want you to remember. That means there are eight followed by 20 zeros planets like the Earth in the universe. Eight followed by 20 zeros planets like the Earth in the universe. Sit down and try writing that out right. sometime. <laughs> but the, so the question, I mean... I think it's just absurd to think that we are the only one with intelligent life on it. And so the answer is, to me, not are they out there. The answer is, have they gotten here yet? Ah, mm-hmm. And they have. Yes. And so UFOs are real, and they're here, and they've been here for a long, long time. The government knows about it and is deeply involved with them. I'll give you several examples of that as okay. we go along, too. Let's start out with a, a local sighting so people don't think it's just something up in the sky and far away. One of my ex-physics students 
lived about a dollar and a, a mile and a half, a block and a half from me. And she has about 11 kids. Mm-hmm. And she was out with, uh, I think, nine of them once. Maybe it was only five or six of them. And they came, drove back in their van and parked in their driveway. And they all got out and they looked up and over their house was a flying saucer. Whoa. And it was just hovering right over their house. All of them saw it. There were, I, well, now I'm trying to remember. I think there were five kids with her and the woman herself. And they all saw it. So it wasn't just a single sighting. Six people saw it. Yep. And they all wrote down what they saw and so on. And the next day they called me and she told me about it. And uh, so they described what happened. They were all looking up. And then all of a sudden it started moving toward the north, which happened to be toward my house. And then it angled up in the air and just shot away. So this is just a simple Omaha example of many I could give. That, oh, yeah. Uh, a saucer here in Omaha seen by many multiple witnesses. I've got a lot of other examples. But there are a lot of other examples for Omaha. But I, I want to go talk about a few more. Okay. Uh, for example, in Russia, mm-hmm. uh, there are two things I want to discuss about Russia. First of all, there was one. Uh, this is really something for several reasons. Uh, I've got a statement here by the head of the Russian Air Force uh, Governor or General Igor Maltsev, uh, he's like the head of Offutt Air Force Base down okay. here, the top man in Russia. What happened was that uh, they sighted a gigantic saucer, one to two hundred meters Whoa. in diameter, a couple football fields in diameter. They sent up jets to chase it. Uh-huh. They chased it. They couldn't catch it, and they had to come back because they were running out of gas, and they landed. This was observed by more than 100 separate military units. Ah. That's not 100 people standing in a field. It's 100 separate groups mm-hmm. of military people. They wrote up their report, and they all sent their reports to General Igor Maltsev. He read all the reports, and then based on those reports, I'm going to read some of the statements that he made. He okay. said, according to the evidence of these eyewitnesses, the UFO is a disc with a diameter from 100 to 200 meters. It had lights on the side and so on, and it did this and that, and different types of movement, and it made an S-turn. But next, the UFO hovered over the ground and then flew with a speed exceeding that of the modern jet fighter by two or three times, two or three times faster than any jet that they had. And the observers noticed the flight was directly related to the flashing of lights. Objects flew at altitudes ranging from 1,000 to 7,000 meters. Movements of the UFO is not accomplished by sound of any kind, distinguished by a startling maneuverability. And the next couple of sentences are really something when you think about the head of the Soviet Air Force right. making these statements. He says, it seems that the UFOs were completely devoid of inertia. In other words, they had somehow come to terms with gravity. At the present time, terrestrial machines could hardly have any such capabilities. Once again, at the present time, terrestrial vehicles could not have any such capabilities. The head of the Soviet Air Force is calling these things extraterrestrial spacecraft. That's as high as you can get in Russia. Yeah, no kidding. So that is interesting, and I'm glad that you read that because 
I want to talk really quickly about the shuttle discovery video because I watched that. Yeah. And you explained in a paper and on that video how it was the velocity and the acceleration that there, like no human could survive that. And the way that that uh, yeah, right. object moved, it just we could not have created that. And if we did, as you said, it would be secret military and we'd be in big trouble. Yep. <laughs> so uh-huh. I've got to believe as well. And it's interesting that the head of Russia, of the yeah. Air Force, is seeing it too. Yeah, that's right. I've got a couple of examples of the acceleration that you had there. For Let me say one more thing about spatial sure. discovery before I get into that. Um, a friend of mine, Don Ranch, was... Uh, he lives in Maryland, and he liked to listen to the shuttle. Mm-hmm. And he was—he uh, likes to sit. I mean, it'd be pretty boring, I think, just to sit and listen to the broadcast right. between that shuttle and Houston. And so he's listening for about an hour and a half, and then uh, he heard this: "Attention, Houston! This is Discovery. We still have the alien spacecraft under observance." Oh. Again, ad- attention, Houston! This is Discovery. We still have the alien spacecraft under observance. He had, uh, uh, I should say that before he got this, and he actually recorded this, I have a recording of this, mm-hmm. he heard the one of the shuttle people say, we have a fire. And you think uh, that they would be all excited. Nobody was really excited. And he, uh, we think that's a code that NASA uses ah. when they have seen an extraterrestrial craft. Uh-huh. So he started recording immediately, mm-hmm. and this is what he recorded that they still have the alien spacecraft under observance. That's one example of the space shuttle discovery. Whoa. And the other is the one that I, that I had, but uh, uh, there are some things we can uh, mention about uh, Gordon Cooper, okay. among, among other things. He uh, testified before the uh, uh, United Nations about UFOs. And uh, for example, James Lovell, James McDivitt, Deke Slayton, Wally Sherrod, Gordon Cooper, and other astronauts mm-hmm. have admitted that they saw UFOs. They're reluctant to talk about it, but Gordon Cooper wrote a letter to a United Nations panel on UFOs, and part of the letter said, these are extraterrestrial vehicles visiting this planet from other planets. That's what he wrote to the United Nations. That's just one thing that we can say about uh, Gordon Cooper. Uh, another couple of things, the third one is mind-boggling, but the second one, he was a fly a, a pilot over in Germany, Okay. and they would do different maneuvers, and they would fly around, and mm-hmm. one time they were flying up pretty high, and they looked up, and there were hundreds of UFOs flying what? above them. Oh, my gosh. And they tried to get up there, but they couldn't get up that high, and they said they were either... Uh, huge and very far away, or not as big, but close. And they tried to get up as high as they were, and uh-huh. they couldn't. And they saw this over several days, hundreds oh. of them. Huh. Uh, and they wrote uh, a report, send it in. And after a couple of months, it came back. Uh, the report said that uh, what they saw were high-flying seed pods. Oh. And uh, <laughs> what? The, the person that was interviewed, Gordon Cooper, said, how could you possibly accept something like that? No kidding. Well, and he said, I was a pilot. I wanted to fly. <laughs> and he didn't want to have a desk job. Be yep. Yeah. So we have all of these pilots and humans, police, and people that we trust have seen these over decades. I mean, and not just yeah. here, Germany, Russia, all over the world. Yeah. So why is this such a secret, and why is the government doing this? I mean, what? why? Because they don't know what they want to know? or Well, there, there's a secret 
bunch of people in the government. It's uh, very car- compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe even presidents are not read in on it, but there is a group that has been working for decades with the extraterrestrials, and they have gotten a lot of science out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's very highly classified, and uh, people that there's a whistleblower that had just come out and telling about all oh. this stuff. Okay. Uh, his name is. In fact, this is something that your listeners could uh, Google. Okay. His name is David Grush. G R U S C H. C H. Okay. And he's a whistleblower. If you just Google that, David Grush, whistleblower, you'll get a lot of information about it. Is he American? Uh, yes, he is. Okay. He worked for the government for uh, years and years and had top secret clearance. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, uh, he has a lot of information that you can talk about. Uh, there's a, might as well mention this too, there's a YouTube of a, a talk that Stephen Greer gave, a disclosure project. He gave this June 12th in Washington to a bunch of uh, press. Oh, just this month. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you, if you, Google YouTube, mm-hmm. Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Greer, G-R-E-E-R, Disclosure, uh, June 12th. Okay. And you'll get the things about three hours long. But, okay. Uh, I, I couldn't stop listening. To right. It. <laughs> and there are some examples from that I'd like to, to give, too. Sure. But i got I got to finish up with Gordon Cooper first. Okay. I think uh, this last one is really something. He was in charge of certain photography stuff mm-hmm. at Edwards Air Force Base in California. And he said that uh, one day he had a crew out and they were filming landings of some jets to get some information. And while they were doing that, a flying saucer landed in the uh, right next to the airport. What? The airline, uh, right the, where the planes come in. It landed, put <laughs> down three legs, Whoa. And landed, and the crew started walking toward it, of course, filming it. And after they started getting a little too close, it angled up and shot into the sky at a great uh, speed. So there it was. Wow. And uh, they gave the film to Gordon Cooper. Uh-huh. And he had, he had already called Washington and said, what shall we do with this? And they said, send it to us. So he was all set to do that. And when they finally brought the film in him to see him to see it, mm-hmm. There was an agent outside his door, and they went in, gave him the film. He didn't even have time to put it up on the on the uh, projector, but he did strip out the film and look at the pictures, mm-hmm. and he saw the saucer on the pictures. Anyway, the the agent took it, went to Washington, and no one has heard of it since. Oh, man. It's been gone. It's been huh. covered up. But uh, this is an example of an illustrious Gordon Cooper astronaut, and there was... A uh, UFO that landed, a saucer landed <laughs> at the Air Force Base where he was, and they had movies of it. And uh, you can't get much more illustrious than Gordon Cooper coming out and saying that that's what happened. I've got a film of his explaining it, too. Oh, my gosh. That's 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 amazing and unbelievable, but believable. Yeah. And so yeah. I see this pattern here of the government just kind of sweeping stuff away and keeping it quiet. That's right. But then just recently, NASA came out with a bunch of information. So what's happening? Was that kind of like an olive branch? Or, I mean, I have to believe now with people having their phones, right? Yeah. That there's so much more recorded documentation of this. 
we are getting stuff. Uh, the reason NASA is coming out with that now is that the the Navy has, for a number of years, been watching and photographing while they're doing their missions mm -hmm. these amazing uh, little spacecraft of some kind doing stuff that we are not capable of doing. Right. And they've just come out with a report, and this is this has uh, been forcing NASA to come out and say, okay, well, we've got all this stuff. Right. Uh, the problem with it is that there is so much that the government's been doing for decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got some more examples of that. So all this is from 2004 on. Okay. Turns out that they had 144 cases that they had looked at. Wow. They could explain one of those cases. The other 143, they could not explain. They had multiple really reliable witnesses, all the digital equipment and really sophisticated stuff at hand mm -hmm. that they used. And uh, they made statements. Uh, they didn't come out and say they were extraterrestrial. They might have just well done it because they said, we don't know what these 143 things were. They did things that we do not absolutely have any technology that we could replicate ourselves. Mm -hmm. Doubt that anybody else in the whole world could do what they did either. Well, what else is left? Right, exactly. Uh, it's, it, they have to be something outside of the Earth, extraterrestrial. That's from 2004 on. That ignores decades of information. Right. A lot of which I just have told you here, uh, different stuff. Uh, there's another really neat example that we could talk about. Sure. In this YouTube thing that Stephen Greer had, this was before the press, okay. June 12th. A lot of the press were there. And he had six people up there that had their story to tell, and each one had an amazing, striking story to tell. I'll tell you about one. I don't want to go into too much of his background, but it's a Lieutenant Colonel Donald Heckert, uh, U.S. Air Force, retired, mm -hmm. got a multiple spring of clearances and pilot stuff and really highly decorated and really good witness. And he said that he was doing a, a routine run once and he had his plane up. And it was not armed and the, the two planes that are supposed to go with him to protect him, it was a wartime situation, uh, were on the ground. Mm -hmm. Something wrong with him. So he was up there and he was flying along at 14,500 feet and he looked up and there was this object that was tracking him hmm. above him and uh, they caught it on radar and he mentioned it and they said don't worry about it it's it's above 70,000 feet and you're at 14,500 so don't worry about it well that object went from 70,000 feet to 12,500 feet in two seconds whoa and I made a calculation and that would be an acceleration of about 900 G's whoa uh, that if we had a chart, that would be off the chart. But yeah. there's no no chart for that. And nobody can live through that. Well, a human. That's uh, that's a mild statement. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, right. Nine hundred G's mm -hmm. for two seconds. Uh, if there was uh, a human pilot in there, he would be uh, microscopic skin on the sh window of. They had a window there. I mean, he would be totally flattened. I mean, there's right. no nothing could survive that. Right. Uh, 900 G's for two seconds. Wow. And then you might wonder, well, did he really see that? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it was there for a while, and he was supposed to go in close and observe it, and he did. 
and he got within five miles of it and was observing, getting closer. Then it shot up in the sky above 80,000 feet in two seconds again. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that's one example of the six people that were there with Stephen Greer, and they all had stories like that. And, and this this did not happen since 2004. It's well before that. It's just a simple example of, well, just a lot of stuff. I mean, well, it's with the numbers you gave us at the beginning, the eight billion planets that are like Earth. Yep. And then the hundred billion galaxies. Yeah. I mean, of course there is something out there. But here's a question for you. With all of these different planets and galaxies, do we think there's a wide variety of extraterrestrials? Like, I mean, are they all the same, or do we think they're, like, just radically different? Uh, do we know? Yeah, there are different kinds. Okay. In fact, I have a video of a television show that uh, took a lot of reports from a lot of people of, of the extraterrestrial they've seen. Mm-hmm. And this shows seven different kinds of extraterrestrials. Whoa. I think that's a... a and very, very low t- total, a very, very yeah. low number. Yeah. There are probably more. If there are several different kinds of extraterrestrials, uh, they can't all be living on the same planet. <laughs> right. And I have to also believe that they're not, they're visiting other planets and galaxies as well. So maybe we're not that special. I mean, yeah. they're just kind of seeing like, oh, here's how the humans are doing it. Yeah. Probably not impressed, I'm guessing. Well, and that, that's one reason when people ask me why would they be coming, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe they're scientists. Yeah. And uh, if you want to study an anthill, you don't go in and just rub all over the anthill and say, "Where's your queen?" You just stand there and you watch it. And so maybe there some of them are probably watching us. Oh, I'm sure. And others are deeply involved. Well, I got time for one more one more example. Yeah, please do. Um, you mentioned I, I've given more than. 300 presentations and talks Mm -hmm. over the last 30 years i've been on national television about 20 times or so and and all that time uh i did not mention what i'm going to mention now okay uh i mentioned the first time about two years ago we had a ufo symposium at uno Mm -hmm. and uh, i thought if i don't say something about this it's going to die so that's the first time i publicly talked about it after more than 300 uh, things. And I did it three more times. Christy Peterson has a book out and she had three uh, separate movie presentations this year. And I was at all three of them. And I also gave this at, at her movie presentation. Okay. But uh, the uh, this is basically what happened. Uh, my friend of mine told me this. Mm-hmm. And for example, I have a doctorate in physics. I have equivalent of a master's degree in philosophy. This person is much more highly educated than I am, and he's a deeply spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if he's not telling me the truth, I don't know who on the whole planet I can trust. I believe that, and he is telling me the truth. He told me uh, that he was invited by the government and military, probably the military, mm-hmm. to go to the Pentagon. And when he was at the Pentagon. He met a live extraterrestrial who was a guest of our government. Uh, This is your basic one, about four feet tall, big black wraparound eyes, tiny nose, mouth, pointed chin, four fingers. And they had a 35-minute telepathic conversation. Whoa. Uh, He was invited by the military to go to the Pentagon 
Wow. To meet with a live extraterrestrial. What does that tell you about the government involved uh-huh. involvement in this? Right. Uh, so, I mean. Wow. That is just my my brain just well, fell out of my head. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I totally believe that. So the government, all these years, I mean, again, weren't there UFOs drawn on the pyramids, like in the hieroglyphic? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they. It goes way back. Right. Yeah. And they've probably been around longer than Earth, I'm guessing. So what what is it? We've got about oh gosh five minutes left. How, why does the government continue to deny and hide? Well, part of it back when I first started giving UFO talks thirty years ago, I, I would say that it's probably they're afraid that we couldn't handle it. That's what I thought. But uh, now I give UFO talks, people can handle it. They all already go to what I consider the second level. I don't have to convince them they're real. Right. And they start asking questions like that. Um, part of it is that there is this secret group in the government that has been doing this for decades and interacting with them, and they do not want us to be knowledgeable about that. This group does not. Uh, A lot of people in the government are not aware of this and not read into it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure all the presidents have been. Right. But uh, there is this group that has... Separate funding, and they've got all the secrets and stuff. They don't want it out. Yeah, that, That's really a good answer, I think. But there's been so many abductions that yeah. people can talk about. Yeah, and, right. and then so many sightings. I mean, I saw a UFO when I was a kid. Yeah. I was there with the neighborhood kids. We all saw it, clear as day. Yeah. And yeah. since then, I've always believed, and it's just stunning to me that the government keeps, but it's like, it, it's not a secret. We know. Yeah. They're out there. They're here. They're visiting. And it's not going to stop. Nope. Well, and and well, it's really hard to say. I, I I've uh, given several examples. That there are. Well, here's a good one too. I'll tell you. There's an FBI letter. I have time. I think to read this. Sure. Uh, if you know what you're asking for, they they have to send you stuff. That uh, if I could find it here, they have to send you the material that you're looking for. Okay. And. You don't just write to the FBI and say, send me all this stuff you have on UFOs. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, so, so I ha- knew a specific document that I was looking for. Ah. And I wrote to the FBI, mm-hmm. and they sent it to me. I have a copy of it right here. This was a memorandum that was sent to the, um, the F- uh, JF- J. Edgar Hoover, who was the director of the FBI at that time. Right. This was in March 22, 1950. Uh, I'll read it to you. The following information was furnished to Special Agent Blank by Blank about flying saucers. And investigators for the Air Force stated that three so-called flying saucers had been recovered in New Mexico. They were described as being circular in shape with raised centers approximately 50 feet in diameter. Each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape but only three feet tall, dressed in metallic cloth of a very fine texture, each body was bandaged in a manner similar to the blackout suits used by speed flyers and test pilots. According to Mr. Blank, the informant, the saucers are found in New Mexico due to the fact that the government has a very high-powered radar setup in that area and it is believed the radar interferes with the controlling mechanism of the saucers. No further evaluation was attempted by Special Agent Blank concerning the above. Now, it's important to realize that was sent to J. Edgar Hoover, mm-hmm. who was the director of the FBI. If you don't want to believe that this stuff is real, this is a genuine letter. 
Right. I have a copy. I, I'm of it. looking at it. Yep. I see it. Yeah. There's some redactions, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so this is real. And it is real. You think this would be a joke to send this to him? I right. doubt it. They, they tried to track it down. That apparently the, the the special agent had passed away, so they couldn't interview him. Anyway, if you want proof the government's involved in it, there's a lot of it, and there's a whole lot more. And so. Uh, we're just about there. I mean, yeah, I know we could talk forever, and you have a thick, thick pile here of information that I'm sure is more tales of sightings and right. uh, interactions. So, uh, you know, I'm really glad you came in because science, science shows that they are there. And again, yeah. same thing. Since I was a kid, I've just thought it's absurd to think we're the only ones out there on a yeah. planet. Like, what? Yeah, that's just nuts to me. But they're out there. So, keep your eyes to the skies that's and. Right. There's so much stuff out there. Will you tell us again the video that we should watch? Uh, I think we'd mentioned this off the air. What's up with that? Or what's up? Yeah. Christy Peterson, uh, We Are Not Alone. Okay, We Are Not Alone. Yeah. So by Christy Peterson. And then also we can look up stuff from Gordon Cooper, the astronaut. Yeah, and then the YouTube with Stephen Greer. That really tells a whole lot of stuff. And the whistleblower. Tells a whole lot of stuff, too. All right. And so go ahead and look that stuff up. Do. And you know, Dr. Kesher, I'm guessing we're probably going to have you back so we can talk more about this and other things. It has been an absolute pleasure. And if you don't believe, well, I think you should because they are out there. So, Dr. Kesher, thank you so much for your time and for joining us today at Radio Talking Book Service. You're most welcome. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.